Welcome to the podcast, The Winning Combo, your home for wisdom on marketing and sales success. Featuring your host, Keith Washoe from Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, and Vijay Damojaprapu from Silicon Valley, California. From coast to coast, let the wisdom begin so you can become a winner. Here are your hosts, Keith and Vijay. Welcome to the Winning Combo Sales and Marketing Success Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Washo, here in Research Triangle Park, alongside my co-host, Vijay Damachaprapu out of Silicon Valley. Vijay, how are you today on our seventh podcast? Are you ready to rock? Absolutely, Keith. Doing wonderful. It's a lovely Saturday morning here in the Bay Area. Excited uh, and uh, looking forward to our conversation here. Yep, it's the Lucky 7 Podcast, helping out everyone enjoy the winning combo of marketing and sales. So in today's show, we have three power segments. Number one, we're going to share with you today, all you great listeners, a relevant sales and marketing joke to give you a quick laugh and uh, an insight to think about for your career. Secondly, we'll move into what's called our power quote segment, in which we'll both share a key wisdom from a quote that you can apply to your work and personal life. And then thirdly, we're each going to share a personal story, one either in marketing or sales, success or a failure, so you can learn from our own personal winning or past mistakes that can help you in your career as you move forward. And then lastly, we'll close with one final key marketing best practice or sales takeaway to remember and apply it for your personal life to help you with your best success. Does that sound good, VJ? Did I miss anything? No, I think you got it all covered, Keith. Uh, looking forward. Excellent. So shall we begin? Yeah, absolutely, buddy. You want to get us uh, started off with a joke? Sure. Why not? Here we go. So this is a, a joke for all of you out there who are out there selling and knocking on doors. And it goes like this. A young salesperson peeped into the office of someone who looked like a sales manager. He muttered something and then started to walk away. After retreating a little bit, he seemed to change his mind and he headed back to the door where after some hesitation, he started to back away again. Now the sales manager inside felt sorry for the young man and, and surprised that he was so badly trained. He called him in. He says, Hey, you're a salesman, aren't you? What are you selling? The gentleman replies, sir. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm a salesman. I'm sorry to bother you. I, I'm selling insurance, but uh, I'm sure you don't want any. I'm really sorry to have wasted your time. Feeling sorry for the young bugger, the sales manager bought two policies to give the young salesman some confidence. And then he started teaching him about selling. He said, hey, listen, you really need to have different pre-planned approaches for different kinds of people. And then the salesman interrupted him and says, but, but I do, sir. The young salesman interrupted and says, the one I just used is my planned approach for people like you who are sales managers. It always works. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrific. Uh, great. I mean, yeah, I, I, it, it's amazing how the joke gives a good laugh, but a lot of insights. So Keith, uh, what are your takeaways and insights from that? So the, it's a funny little silly quib on a fact in sales. And as a salesperson that, yeah, the, the truth is it is good to have different approaches for different buyers, or what they say, different strokes for different folks. So if you're selling to someone at Macy's, 
they have different interests and needs than if you're selling to someone at Best Buy. And so you should go into those with different approaches. And this is a great joke because the, uh, in a subtle way, the shy, timid salesperson, was it was an act. It was his approach to sell to someone who knows sales. And so it worked. So I just, at the end of the day, the rule of thumb is, yes, cater yourself, be like a chameleon a little bit, change your spots, change your colors in a way that's authentic and true to represent yourself in the best way that a buyer can relate to you on. So what say you, VJ? Nice. You know what this actually reminded me of, Keith, is uh, my son, who is in the third grade, actually just entered the fourth grade. Uh, so his third grade teacher taught him a very simple concept. And when he shared that with me last year, I said, hey, you know what? This is an amazing concept that we can apply to our marketing world as well, right? The concept is when you're crafting content, there are three formats typically. You either persuade, you either inform, or you entertain via your content. So the acronym is PI. So P for persuasion, I for inform, E for entertainment, right? So as you were reciting, actually, as you were saying that joke, he did actually reminded me of that acronym PI. So what I would say is for the all the audience and the listeners, the big takeaway is think about the various ways that you can craft your content if you're marketing or sales and figure out what will stick or what will resonate with your audience, with your customers. VJ, I love it. And I'm wondering if our audience is thinking what I'm thinking. I bet you there's someone out there who's saying, yeah, well, why not all three? If you can persuade, inform, and entertain at the same time, you've hit a home run. What do you think? Just do it all. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, so it's really hard as a marketer. I know that it's really hard as you're building all these various content pieces, be it like a video or a blog post or a white paper or even a presentation for that matter. It's really hard to hit all three in one go, but kudos. I mean, you're a master if you're able to do it one shot, go for it. Yeah, I think the point, DJ, is it's sometimes you really know, you need to know as a marketer, what's your intent? Like, what is your end goal? And sometimes it's best to focus. Like, I really need to focus on persuading at this stage in the game, or I really need to focus on informing and educating. And then there's some points when people know your product already, and you're like, I just need to entertain them to have them buy more. <laughs> and so I, you're right. That's a great thing. Thank you so much, VJ. Anything else you want to add? I think uh, we got it. Uh, so Thank you for starting us off with that great joke. Uh, Love it, Keith. Thank you. Well, then let's shift gears. It's now time for the Power Quote segment. And BJ, how about you start us off with one of your favorite quotes that meant something to you? Yeah, so one of the quotes uh, that came across that I saw recently online is a quote by Dale Carnegie. And here's uh, how it goes. Personally, I'm very fond of strawberries and cream. But I found that for some strange reason, fish prefer worms. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> yeah, so when I read it for the first time, it didn't quite strike me. And then immediately, about a few microseconds in, it actually hit me really hard and strong, right? So as a marketer, the big takeaway for me from this quote were multiple. One, yes, as a person, you may love strawberries and cream. But for your audience, the metaphor uh, which uh, goes over here, the audience being fish in this case, in this quote, the fish prefer worms, right? So don't apply your preferences or your lens. Shift your thinking into what your audience needs or cares about. That's one. And second, the word 
strange, actually two words, strange reason actually stood out for me. Because if you keep thinking about yourself as you're crafting that content, but then once you start opening up your mind and shift your thinking into what your audience wants or prefers, yes, initially it'll be strange for you to realize, hey, there's a difference in what they prefer versus what I like or what I see. It's a strange feeling, but then the strange feeling as you start to understand and learn your customers and audience, it opens up, right? I mean, it's, it's no longer strange anymore. So those are the big takeaways from this quote. What say you, Keith? I love it. It's so insightful. And thank you for that explanation, VJ. I think uh, as a marketer myself, I, one of the ways to apply this quote to your execution in your marketing messaging, for example, or if you're creating um, ad content, is to really, as a marketer, have an out-of-body experience. Step out of yourself and put yourself into the customer that you're trying to reach and ask yourself, what does that person care about? What does that person like? What would make that person be interested? And actually craft your messaging and marketing for that customer profile. And a really good example that I experienced in my own uh, marketing and selling is I was a product marketer for a music keyboard called the Product Keys. It was 37 music keys right on a PC keyboard that you plugged into your, your computer. And I loved it because I'm a musician, I'm a composer, and I would love to just have fun and play music and create. Now, when I was selling that product to QVC and I was talking to a buyer, that buyer is not a musician or a composer, but that buyer cared about quality, value, and convenience because QVC, quality, value, convenience, cares about that for the customers. So I had to talk about why the product keys is a great value. Why is the product keys an amazing experience for the customer that's convenient for what they're doing on their, their computer and why it's high quality and we closed the deal. So that's that. That's a good way of putting this quote into practice and it's true. It works. Anything else you want to add, DJ? No, that's it actually hits a point right on, right? So it's all about not your views or not just your preferences, but figure out and take the time and effort to understand what will resonate with the audience. Excellent. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, so how about you, Keith? Uh, what quote do you have to share with our audience today? Well, I thought I'd give our audience a special treat because I have not one, but two this time I thought I would share because I couldn't make up my mind between the two. One of them is a marketing quote and one of them is a sales quote. And this is the winning combo after all. So here it is. The Think of it for you marketers out there. There's so much to think about and how do you do good marketing? Well, if you think of this one simple sentence, it could actually transform your marketing. And that is this. The best marketing strategy ever is C-A-R-E, care. Just care about your customers. Literally feel their heartbeat, empathize. Care about your customers so much that you only would give them something or share something with them that you truly believe is in their best interest. So that's a very simple way to think about how you communicate, how you message when it comes to marketing. Put your customer's heart in your hands and care. What do you think, VJ? Lovely. This is good. Do you also want to share your sales quote? And then I got a few insights and takeaways and stories that I want to share with the audience. Super. So this is moving now into the second part of this quote idea I have for you. And this is for the salespeople out there. And we're out there. We're One thing that I found in my sales career is that we're fed a lot of features and benefits and speaking the party line of the company. And that's good. And it's well, you need to know that. But at the end of the day, when you're selling your product or service, remember this quote, 
sell the problem you solve, not the product you make. I'm going to repeat that. Sell the problem that you're solving, not the product you make. And so the point here is, look at it's not about my whiz bang gadget that does ABC and DEF. It's actually about, hey, I understand that you have a problem that is costing your business or your personal life X, and you're having frustrations with Y that's giving you ample stress in your time. That problem you have, this is how we help relieve that for you, and we have a great solution. So let me tell you about the product and how it is a solver to your problem. All right, VJ, what say you? Lovely. In fact, I actually see a very strong connection between your marketing code, which is all about uh, caring and having the empathy, and uh, your sales code, which is all about selling the problem that you're solving versus the product you make. Right. In fact, uh, as you're reciting and giving your uh, perspectives on that, Keith, so a relevant insight that I want to share with the audience is all about how you can build that empathy and how you can actually understand the customer. So one tactic, one trick, or a bunch of tactics and tricks that actually worked in, uh, and that I've seen really work for marketing and sales folks is to build that empathy is just go and sit on sales calls, right? For example, if you're in marketing, just take that one day a week and sit and listen in on the sales calls. And personally, I've done that and I've gained a lot of insight, a lot of uh, views and a lot of uh, connection with what that customer or the prospect is going through. And I've seen that as a wonderful learning experience for myself. And a second tactic that I would share with the audience along these lines is essentially have your customer come and give like a brief presentation to all your employees, to all your team, right? That's a second way and how, not just in how you personally can build that empathy and care for the customers and the problems that they face, but how they're using your product on a daily basis and how they're solving the problems. So those are the insights and takeaways that I have for the audience today, Keith. Thank you, VJ. I think that's absolutely genius. And it's very special that you share that because it's not very common. I mean, I don't remember the last time at any of the global tech companies I worked for where we're always out there selling and marketing. We're always out there presenting to customers. But you, what you said is genius in that, you know what? Yes, you might have to fly the client in and you know put them up and take care of them, take them out, but have them present to you. Have them present to you on, hey, here's our problems now. Here's how we're using your solution or here's some... What an awesome opportunity to show support and to care and to show empathy is, and to sincerely gain wisdom and knowledge to better help them, but to have them uh, present to you. That's that's a wonderful example. Now, I'm just curious, do you have a specific example where you've seen that done before? That's uh, that's pretty rare to, to have that, but that's really nice. Yeah. So I've seen this done. So when I was at Sugar CRM, I think we had like, uh, I think it's more like a quarterly basis where we actually flew in some of our really big name customers. Uh, and we had like a brown bag uh, lunch session with all of the employees in the building. And as you can imagine, Sugar CRM, we had presence pretty much all over the world. So we also had like a web conference and dial-in set up so that it's just not the local or the US or the California employees that get to listen to it, but 
pretty much employees from all over the world. So that's uh, one example that I can recall. That is wonderful. And the other thing you said is empathy. We, I think in every one of our seven podcasts, we use the word empathy at least once. It's just such a common thread and theme in order to do well with your customers. So thank you for that, BJ. Anything else or should we move forward? Let's move to the power story segment. That's right. It is showtime, ladies and gentlemen. We are now shifting gears, taking you on a journey for our, one of our own personal stories. So, BJ, do you want to share a story that, uh, in a way that's succinct on something you've learned on yourself and your career through sales and marketing that would be helpful to our listeners? Absolutely. So uh, the specific experience and story is back when I was doing product marketing at Microsoft, and this was almost a decade ago. So the scenario and the situation was that I was the product marketer for an IPTV platform uh, that Microsoft was making and selling to all the telecom operators globally. So just for the audience perspectives and how they can connect to this. So as an example, the AT&T U-verse TV service was actually powered by the Microsoft Media Room platform. Mm. I don't know if that's still the case today, but uh, that is how it was way back then. So the situation was that there was a lot of talk in the market, a lot of talk in the media, a lot of talk in the analyst community, and also for that matter, even among all the telecom operators as to whether Microsoft is was really committed in investing and building out the platform and product. And the context for that was there were some back and forth and uh, there was some inside news or uncertainty because A, we were not investing in brand new features and B, there were rumors and talks that maybe we're looking to divest. So for me, as a product marketer, that was very bothersome for multiple reasons. One, first of all, we need to give confidence to our customers. And at the same time, we also need to give confidence to the analyst community who play a big role in shaping and selling such expensive platforms or products. So for me as a product marketer, the actions I took specifically were putting together what I called as the get the facts campaign. Get the fact and essentially tell a story and build a narrative around how Microsoft is investing in the platform, the kind of momentum we are seeing with the operators, the telecom providers, the TV service providers, and not just the momentum that we are seeing with the product, but what kind of momentum that all these TV service operators and providers are seeing globally in their local markets. So I took the initiative and I worked with our marketing communications lady and put together this narrative and started essentially campaigning and doing a reach out, including doing presentations to the analyst community. And at the same time, also worked with our VP of marketing, helping put together a narrative and telling that story with the key industry media publications. Eventually, all that transpired and how that resulted in Keith was essentially we saw that the media, the analysts and the operators started understanding and started feeling more uh, assured. And they also started seeing 
how we are investing and continue to invest and what our roadmap is going to look like, right? So that was key. The takeaway that I want to share and leave with the, all the listeners is the first one being that if you as the marketer, if you as the product marketer are not on top of a game and telling a story out there, it's very, very likely that each of the stakeholders or the community, be the analysts, the media, the customers, they'll start having their own versions and making up their own perspectives and narratives. That's one. And second, it's very important to actually be in constant communication with the various stakeholders. It's just not about constant communication with the customers, but also having that constant dialogue and engagement with the other folks who are critical to the entire complex buying cycle. There you go. Wow, Vijay, thank you for that. That was like an MBA class. I hope everyone enjoyed that. You just got a, you're, you're halfway to your MBA now. Wow, geez. Where do you begin? So first and foremost, thank you for that wonderful story that you experienced. Clearly, number one, it's important to have story. You read anywhere about marketing best practices, it's the power of a story, storytelling. And you did a great job crafting a story about Microsoft's momentum and their success and investment in this space to relieve any false information uh, being portrayed that this, that wasn't the case. And secondly, you wonderfully done a job of collecting the facts and just saying, here are the facts. Here's the proof. The proof is in the pudding. Here is the momentum. Here are the results. Here's what we're doing. And let the facts speak for themselves to help the story be told um, in an unbiased way. So you're not just you know, blowing uh, smoke out there. You're actually backing it up substantially with facts. Wonderful job. I love that story. Anything else you'd like to share? I think, uh, yeah, those are the key pieces. Again, just the takeaways for the audience and the listeners out there is constantly have the dialogue with your market, with your analysts, with your customers. So that's one big one. And again, it's a team sport, right? So you're not just one person show in the marketing team. Work with your marketing communications team. Work with your demand gen team. Work with uh, the content marketing, right? So think about different ways how you can activate the different pieces of marketing. Excellent. Thank you, Vijay. All right, Keith. Uh, so how about you? Do you have a story that you want to share for our audience and listeners today? Yeah, I'd like to share a, I'll take the other, I'll take the other side of the winning combo, VJ. You did a marketing story. I'll, I'll go ahead and share a sales story. So uh, the situation was when I was at Adaptive Sound Technologies, which was the uh, number one leader in sound machines that helped you sleep better. They made little white noise machines, ocean machines, consumer electronic company. And the situation was such that they were doing very well as a company, a, a startup in Silicon Valley, and they only sold their products through their website, like electrofan.com or soundofsleep.com, and they had an Amazon uh, listing. And they were doing a very, very good business, but just on those two channels. So the task that I was brought in to do as in heading up sales and marketing was number one, to grow sales. Take these great sound machines that were selling well on Amazon and uh, expand it to other channels in the USA. And is there international opportunities to go outside of the US? So the actions I took is number one, I surveyed the landscape and I looked at the retailers and e-tailers that made sense. I looked at the global markets that made sense for sound machines and sleep machines. And it seemed very clear to me that a lot of mothers out there and fathers who had babies were buying these sound machines because every nursery seems to have a white noise machine in it. And that's exactly what we made. And our customers were saying it, that they bought it for their babies. So why are we not in Babies R Us? 
why are we not at Bye Bye Baby? So I started forming account targets like like those two in addition to Target and Best Buy. And then I looked at countries that we weren't into and clearly our neighbor up north, Canada, they're, they have babies too and they speak really good English and they, they could use our products and same with United Kingdom. So the actions I took was... I started then to hit the pavement. I started calling a friend uh, named Brian Hurd in Canada who manages distribution for sound products who I knew from Creative Labs. And I shared with him this amazing product opportunity. Number two, I reached out to buyers at Target, Best Buy, Babies Are Us, Bye Bye Baby. I started booking meetings. I started flying out to their headquarters, presenting the product opportunity. I then synced up with a soccer friend of mine who was who moved to the UK and ran a distribution company in England for health products. And I said, hey, Hey, this is a great health product for you. It helps people sleep better. Sleep is the third pillar of health. Why don't we ship this in UK? Sure enough, the end result, within one year, I got us launched in Canada. We got featured at London Drugs up there, one of the biggest retailers, and at Best Buy Canada. And in America, I got us into Target, Bye Bye Baby, and Babies Are Us, and sold online at Best Buy. And then lastly, yes, we launched in UK. And the end result, within 13 months, we had an extra $3 million coming into the company because we expanded the channels and we expanded internationally where it made sense. So the takeaway is number one, how did I succeed in that endeavor? Number one is relationships. Always build bridges. So I pulled out a relationship from Creative Labs that took place 10 years before with my friend Brian Hurd, who was now in Canada selling uh, sound products. Number two, um, hard work and knocking on doors and not scared to get on the phone, email buyers, try to form the relationships, hop on planes, show up carry the bag. And lastly, at the end of the day, you can only take so much credit as a salesperson because at the end of the day, the engineering team at Adaptive Sound Technologies made a fantastic product. It had great reviews. It had great sales, almost all five stars, thousands of reviews. So to be honest with you, as a salesperson, when you have a great product that's selling well with, with great reviews, it's a pretty easy sell. You, I mean, you still got to put in all the work, but it's like, hey, Target, we're selling X thousands of units a week. And by the way, we're Amazon's choice and we got 4.5 stars with 5,000 reviews. Why aren't you selling this? And the buyer's like, yeah, why, why aren't I? So that's the takeaway. Leverage your relationships, pound the pavement, carry the bag, and then do the hard work. But also as a little sneak peek to some wisdom, if you're going to go do sales, try to work for a company that makes a great product. Otherwise, it's a total, total uphill battle. What say you, VJ? Excellent story, Keith. Uh, I had quite a few takeaways and insights uh, that I'm sure the audience and listeners will uh, essentially connect with, right? So first thing, personally for me as a parent and for me, whenever I was shopping for a sleep machine or a toy or something that I think will be useful for my kid, I always went to the Babies R Us stores, not to the Best Buys or not to the Fry's Electronics, right? So always thinking about the channel where your customers shop, that that's key. So I love the idea and the fact that you figured out, hey, there are the other stores where we can get to the parents, to the consumers. And I also loved how you thought about expanding beyond just Amazon as an online uh, e-commerce purchase option, but also putting your products, the sleep machines and sound machines in physical locations and retail stores. And loved how you actually worked up your relationships and actually engaged and figured out, hey, 
which markets or which retailers or which customers will buy in different countries. So as you're talking about the Canada example and figuring out, hey, which stores do I need to put this product or where these customers will buy? Amazing. So it's, again, again, I, it goes back to sales and marketing 101, find out the channel and figure out how you can tell your story in the best possible way that connect with the consumers. Thank you, Vijay. There you have it, podcast listeners. You just got the 101 lesson on marketing from our own stories. So hopefully that's helpful to you. We're going to shift to the final gear. We're getting to the close of our podcast. This is the final best practice takeaway. So uh, Vijay, what would you like to share? Yeah, so the best practice takeaway that I want to share today is around how someone who is relatively new in speaking to large audiences, how they can actually put their fears or anxiety to ease. Personally, when I was practicing for speaking uh, in front of a large room, I was always thinking and constantly worried about, hey, am I having my hand gestures right? Or am I making sure that I'm hitting the right points at the right time? So that is my constant talk or an inner voice that was going on as I was presenting and uh, talking to this audience. But the tactic and the secret that actually helped me alleviate all this anxiety was this. The big thing that I did was start shifting the focus to the audience, started focusing on maybe that one person. So in this case, let's say Keith, you're in the audience in that room. I would visualize and think about Keith in that room, what he's going through and essentially figuring out what my message and how I tell that message so that it'll actually resonate and connect with Keith in that audience. So that's a big takeaway, Keith. So to the audience and all the listeners, if you are looking to up your game and have a strong presence when you're presenting to a large audience, shift your focus and thinking to that, maybe that's that one person that you can connect with and shift your thinking about how you're having a conversation or engaging in a story telling with that one person in the audience. Thank you, BJ. That's wonderful. And uh, one thing I'll encourage the audience to do that's very helpful to learn and practice these techniques that, that BJ just gave great advice on is to go to Toastmasters. It's a great public speaking club. You can learn how to do that. They have weekly meetings. And I think BJ, the wonderful thing that as a public speaker myself in Toastmasters that I love about your message, and I'll shorten it to this sentence. When you're speaking in front of audiences, remember, it's not about you speaking. It's not about what you necessarily you're saying. Yes, content is king, but it's really about connecting. So think of the word connecting when you're presenting. And if that means looking at someone in the audience right in the eyes for a couple of seconds and like talking to that person, that's connecting. And that's what's going to help you get your message out in the best way. So thank you for that, BJ. Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, by the way, great reminder uh, and a great prop in encouraging the audience to participate in Toastmasters. And I personally have done that uh, at Sugar CRM and my earlier companies and found great value. So there you go, a little prop for Toastmasters. <laughs> and that was not a paid or sponsored ad, ladies and gentlemen. But Toastmasters, we, we were always open to new sponsors. That was just free of charge. <laughs> All right, Keith, uh, do you have a takeaway for our audience today? Yes, I'll just close uh, with the sales uh, takeaway. And it's similar to the quote I shared earlier. So maybe you're getting a little extra reason today that you're hearing this. And uh, that is this. It was given by Brian Tracy. And he says that approach each customer with the idea of helping him or her 
solve a problem or achieve a goal, not of selling a product or service. So again, this goes down to the idea that really you're here to solve problems for people. You're here to help them reach a dream and a personal goal that they have. And then you explain how your product relates to that, but you're not in there trying to sell features and benefits of a product. And if you always put the customer first and try to solve their problem and help them achieve their goals, you're always going to have better success in sales. So that's what I got for you in my closing takeaway. BJ, any thoughts? Fantastic, right? Again, it goes back to the point that we keep emphasizing right from episode one, which is it's all about the audience, understand them. It's not emphasizing or focusing on your product, but think about how you're helping your customer, how you're helping that person address pain points. Beautiful. All right, BJ. Well, thank you for those great final takeaways. So let's close our podcast now with our summary of this seventh podcast. Is there a a good summary of some key takeaways that you want people to remember from this show today? Yeah. So I always believe in the power of three. So the three takeaways that I want the audience to take away and which they'll value is number one, think about the various types of engagement or content right? It's just not about one style or one variety. Think about PI, the acronym, which stands for persuasion, inform, and entertain. So that's number one. The second takeaway is think about how you within marketing can essentially partner with analysts or with marketing communications or with content marketing and then build that team and engage on a really results-driven project. So that's second. The third, I would say, is when you're looking to speak in front of a big audience, shift your focus into that one person and have that connection. Those are three takeaways, Keith. Yeah, great. I think you covered a lot of the important wisdom. I'll just say that the, the main emphasis from my perspective today in my communications was was really for your marketing, just add, whether it's your strategy or communications, just care, C-A-R-E, care about your customers. And always remember when you're out there selling, you're selling not, you know, not the product necessarily. You're really su- selling the problem that you're solving. So always remember to approach your customers with the idea of helping them solve the problem or reach a goal and then how your product can help them do that. Uh, other than that, everything else was uh, golden wisdom to apply to your life, and we hope it's helpful. Well, this is the final of our podcast here. We are at a close. We are now 33 minutes in. This is our seventh episode, one of the longest ones we had. We hope you really, really enjoyed that. We are so thankful for you for listening. Feel free to write DJ or I on LinkedIn or follow us on Facebook. This is the Winning Combo Podcast. We're all here to help you in your sales and marketing career. So we'd like you to stay tuned for our next show and, and follow the Winning combo and bj where can they learn more about us yeah so follow us on linkedin facebook and twitter and if you are really enjoying the content please do give us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast player or station that actually helps us figure out the areas that are really resonating with you the audience as well as what else can we do to improve your experience and it's great stay tuned our next show we have a very special guest a an amazing executive from silicon valley leading and global tech company so come join us next podcast and share and enjoy this one with your friends and family until next time keep learning and keep winning Thanks for listening to the podcast, The Winning Combo, your home for wisdom on marketing and sales success. Featuring your host, Keith Washoe from Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, and Vijay Damo Chaprabhu from Silicon Valley, California. 
Stay tuned for the next show and follow The Winning Combo on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook for free content and the latest podcast episodes to help you be a winner.